That's KC may contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for the ears of some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I'm even numbers and you're odd numbers. I am odd. You are odd. Very, <laughs> very odd. <laughs> An odd little oh, duck. No. Gobble, gobble. What the fuck? It's <laughs> not a duck sound, you idiot. I said odd little duck. Oh, no. That's funny. I like that then. <laughs> okay. Um, Should I be drinking when I'm on those meds? I don't know. I don't, what did the package say? I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't read it. Oh. <laughs> Let me go get her real quick. Oh, God. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Doesn't say anything. I'm going to drink. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. What was I saying? Oh, I don't know. I wasn't out here. I wasn't saying anything. I just... Oh, you didn't <laughs> Let it go blank the whole time. <laughs> yes, and I wrote down what the difference was so I know what to do when I edited. <laughs> I thought you'd just keep talking. No. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Um, yeah, so I've got... Um, yes, I thought you were just going to talk about your stuff. I I waited. Okay, I waited you. for oh, you. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're um, so generous. I have uh, non-alcoholic again... Uh, cause I'm trying to go 30 days without alcohol. I am so, not. For, okay. <laughs> for uh, waistline and for bank account. <laughs> mostly bank account. <laughs> uh, well, actually, yeah, mostly both. Um, mostly but I got, so I went to Casey's Soda Co. and got a little six pack. Um, they had some Casey brand, or like local brands. Um, but this is the closest, like, Casey one. Uh, it, what happened? It paused for a second. Oh. That's weird. Okay. Um, but yeah, this <laughs> brand is uh, Lost Trail Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. From um, Lewisburg Cider Mill. Which I don't know. We didn't even go to the pumpkin patch down there. I love Lewisburg Cider Mill. So good. It's just so far. It is. But it's a little bit of a trek. But if well, you go, like, early in the morning, you spend all day there. Yeah. Like, it's so if you go to Casey Wine Co., mm-hmm. which is down the street, and then go there. <gasps> That's true. Mm-hmm. Day made. Yep. Oh, um, yeah, so Sarsaparilla. There is, this is a unique micro-brewed uh, draft-style process ensures our soda is one of the very best anywhere. One sip and you'll taste the superior quality of our classic sarsaparilla. Uh, and in case you want to know what sarsaparilla is, it says it on the bottle, so I'm going to tell you. Uh, uh, sarsaparilla is known as the original version of root beer. The rich flavor comes from a tasty blend of roots and herbs with a slight note of vanilla. Some cl- some claim... Oh, okay. Some claim our frothy treat is even smoother and creamier than root beer. I'd say it is. Yeah. Um, like the old timers say, used to say, pour me a sarsaparilla. <laughs> That's my favorite line ever. <laughs> pour me a sarsaparilla. Pour me a sarsaparilla. <laughs> uh, and then my uh, food, uh, since it was down in the river market, um, oh God, I went you to. ate that really fast. Well, I put it some back. Oh, okay. Earlier. I was like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> I got uh, Opera House, which is delicious. They have like breakfast all day. 
and delicious food and as well they also have a bar and coffee shop down there too and a a bakery they have just all of it i've never been surprise surprise yeah true (laughs) um but yeah, so I got these uh, garlic chicken parm, chicken chicken parm parm, uh, parm, parm. <laughs> uh, wings, and these mac and cheese bites that were delicious. Anywho. They were really good. Yeah. Um, I am drinking uh, almost a repeat of what you were drinking <laughs> when you were drinking. Uh, that Haven Point Winery. It's from... Does it say exactly Something there? in Kansas. Is it saying on the front? Just, I don't know. Just this. Oh, Jesus, right there. Baldwin, Kansas. Good Lord. <laughs> I can't read. It's okay. I've had, a, I've, had, I've had a day, guys. I've had a day. Yeah. Um, I'm also sick, so, you know, I think that's also part... I'm going to blame <laughs> it on my sickness. I'm not really, true, like, horribly sick, but, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm drinking their apple wine, mm-hmm. and it's pretty tasty. Um, it's bursting with taste from apples grown in the Caw Valley. This wine is perfect culinary companion for pork chops, quiches, mild curries, salads, full-body cheeses, and desserts. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's pretty delicious. I love their labels. I don't know why. Shiny mm. red label. It's I like it. Cause shiny. It's a so, shiny color. It's bright colors. I like it. <laughs> um, and then I am not eating right now, but I probably will in a little while. Um, probably after this, but you know, I ate kind of a late lunch, you know, at four thirty. <laughs> um, so I will be eating um, just plain lo mein noodles from New Chinatown in Mission, Kansas. It's my mm-hmm. favorite. It's our favorite little Chinese restaurant that's super fast. <laughs> what I like how. We at least have a favorite Chinese restaurant. We do. Ours is Dragon Inn. Oh, ours is New China all the way. Right. It takes like maybe 10 minutes to get your food every single time. And they literally know us by our order. Like my sister is vegetarian, so she eats broccoli with garlic <laughs> sauce. Like just plain broccoli with garlic sauce. I think she's the only one in Kansas who does that. So yeah. when she orders it, they're like, okay, yeah, so 10 minutes. And then when we come in, they're like, oh, broccoli and garlic sauce. We're like, yeah, that's <laughs> us. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah. But anyway, so it's going to be delicious because it's leftover Chinese food, but mm-hmm. it is my favorite. It's my favorite Chinese food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's my Casey food and eats. Food and, no, food and drink. There it is. I mean, you Food and eats is the same thing. Just <laughs> <laughs> added to my list of fuckery over the last couple days. There's been some bullshit, guys. I'm struggle bussing really hard. My brain does not want to function properly. <laughs> like when I was making, we were cooking dinner last night, mm-hmm. and we had bacon wrapped Anaheim, like it was crab and cheese stuffed Anaheim peppers. Uh-huh. Anaheim, yeah, Anaheim peppers. Sure. Um, they're like the bigger jalapenos, basically, but they're not spicy. Uh-huh. Um, and they are bacon wrapped, and so I was cooking them in a pan, and I was trying to ask him if she wants like crispy bacon or not. And then I said, well, if you really want, I can book, or I can bake the cooking some more. <laughs> and then I sat there for a second, and she just looked at me, and I just sat on the ground. I was like, I give up. I can, I can bake that cooking for you, though. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. So, that's been me for the past few days. Mm-hmm. Um, struggle lesson. But, yeah. This episode is true crime. Have you already said that? No. Okay. True yeah. crime. True crime week. True crime week. Mine's kind of long. Uh-huh. I'm gonna, I'll kind of go over it. Mine is fairly a bit. short. Okay. Well, that kind of works out then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, should I just hop on in? Yeah. Really dive on into this story over here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. So, mine is about Deborah Green. I don't know if you remember hearing about her. It was like nine, or like early, early 90s. Well, I think. Oh, no. You shut up. No. You could have heard about it, like, later. I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so my mom actually gave me the idea to look this up. Oh. Yeah. She yeah. I was like, cool. Um, it's about a woman who uh, supposedly poisons her husband and kills a couple of her kids. So. Cool. Yeah, so this is going to be a fun one. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Okay, so, Deborah Green was born February 28th, 
1951 in Illinois. Uh, she reta- she attended the University of Illinois in the fall of 69, where she... It's not Gosh, the summer of 69. I'm sorry. I Oh, I should Google Kansas something in the summer of 69. We'll do that. Kansas crime in the summer of 69. When we get Patreon donors, we'll, <laughs> I, we'll have to find two... Uh, two... Uh, crimes or something mm-hmm. that or something paranormal. that both yeah, of us something have that has summer of 69. Summer 69. Um, yeah. yeah so anyway so she took um, um oh she majored in chemistry and then she also then went on to attend medical medical school at the university of kansas school of medicine from 72 to her graduation in 75 mm-hmm. um in undergrad and medical school she dated Dwayne m j green so m dot j dot green i don't know why there's two middle initials but that's what happened um he's an engineer the couple married while she was oh, computer. Um, sorry, it went died. It went died on me. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, she was studying. They married while she was studying at the University of Kansas, and then um, they lived together in Independence, Missouri, while she finished her residency. But then by the '78, uh, they had actually already separated and divorced. Cool. So that's cool. Um, during the period that they were separated, she met Michael Farrar. F A R R A R Farrar, sure. Yeah, Farrar, 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 the couple was then married on May 26, 1979, so literally just one year after she divorced the other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was accepted into a residency at University of Cincinnati, so they moved to Ohio. During this time, uh, she actually suffered a number of medical issues, including like surgeries on various body parts, um, like an infected wrist, and then she had migraines and insomnia. Um, their first child, Tim, or Timothy, was born in 82. Two years later, second child, Kate, was born, and then the couple's third child, Kelly, was born in 88. They... Oh, she's not that much mm-hmm. older than us. Mm-mm. That's... What's that? Three years? Four. Four years. 88. I don't know. 92. Four years. I don't know. Four sure. Years. Cool. Yeah. Math. Eight and 12. Yeah. Yeah. Four years. Cool. Eight and 12. Yeah, I knew what you meant. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so though she attempted to resume her medical career after her last maternity leave with Kelly, her practice actually faltered and her chronic pain increased. So in 1992, she gave up her practice and became a homemaker, working only part-time from the family's home on medical peer reviews and Medicaid processing. But co-workers described, fellow co-workers described her as being distant and cold towards her patients and displaying obsessive behavior towards her husband. Oh. Uh, Farrar, her husband, later alleged that Green had been self-medicating with sedatives and narcotics to treat the pain from, from her infections and injuries mm-hmm. um, throughout their marriage, and then he eventually ends up asking her for a divorce. So, um, in May, after four months of them being separated, they put a bid on a six... Which I don't understand this. What? After they're separated for about uh-huh. four months, they put a bid on a home, on a six-bedroom home, in Prairie Village, Kansas. I don't understand this logic. Um, But they backed out before the sale went through. Uh, But shortly after the purchase fell through, the couple's Missouri home caught fire while the family was out. But then insurance investigators later determined that it was an electrical short in a power power cord that caused the fire. Uh, So no one was at fault there. Um, This time. Uh, Despite the... (laughs) Despite the impending divorce... Uh, Farrar initially declined to move out of the family house because he was concerned that Green um, had been, who had never actually been like a heavy drinker before, she was suddenly consuming large quantities of it and while supervising the children. Mm. Uh, yeah, so though she continued her routine of ferrying the children to after school activities and everything, she would spend her evenings drinking at home, sometimes to the point of, a con- of unconsciousness. Oh. So a little excessive. Uh, eventually, Farrar got tired of this and moved out of the house. Um, in early autumn due to concern about his personal safety. So technically he moved out in the summer of 69. Oh wait, don't, gosh dang it, no, it's 92. No, I just wanted, like, to, wait, I yeah. wanted it to happen. It's and I not going to happen. happen. I tried not to force it, happen. that's what I get. Um, in October <laughs> of that year, during the early morning, Farrar received a phone call at his apartment from a neighbor who shouted that his house, um, meaning, you know, the house in Prairie Village, was on fire. 
Um, a 911 call placed from the house at 12:20 a.m. alerted police dispatchers to possible trouble, though the caller didn't speak before they hang before they hung up. So I don't. I think there was just a bunch of what is that? Facebook? Were you gonna say hang up there for a second? Bef- it says before hanging up. Oh okay. <laughs> God damn it! My brain isn't working. Don't make fun of me. Um, a police cruiser. Jackass. Police cruiser found the house on fire. The fire trucks were dispatched at 1227 um, to what was classed as a two-alarm fire. The the first firefighters on the scene reported that Green and her 10-year-old daughter, Kate, were were safely outside the house by the time that they had arrived. Both were in their pajamas. And then, um, but Kate begged the firefighters to help her brother and sister who were still inside. Green stood next to her daughter and was reported to have been very calm and cool during this whole scenario. At least two of the firefighters attempted to search inside for the for, in the home for the missing children, but the building was so consumed by the flames that they could only access a small portion on the ground level before the structure became unsafe. So, unfortunately, the bodies of Tim and Kelly were not recovered until the following morning, when the house had cooled enough to, um, like, for them to search it. Kelly had perished in her bedroom, and most likely of smoke inhalation. Tim's body was found on the ground floor near the kitchen. They thought that was kind of weird, but then they said um, they assumed he had died trying to, like, escape, mm-hmm. but then they later determined that he'd actually died in um, in or near his bedroom, most likely of smoke inhalation like his sister, um, and heat, and but that his body had actually just fallen through the burned floor oh. to where it was discovered. So he died upstairs but fell through the floor to the kitchen. Ow. Yeah. Oh. Um, so Green's account of the day, she reported that they had a normal day before the fire. The children went to school. They went to their, they did their chores, went to after school activities, and then they all regrouped about nine uh, for dinner. And then uh, when Tim and Kelly were dropped back off at the house by her, their father, mm-hmm. um, Green told police that she had one or two drinks after dinner and went to her bedroom, and only left it once or twice to speak to Tim in the kitchen sometime between ten and eleven. Um, and then she shortly went to bed after that. Kelly and Kate had gone to bed earlier, each of them taking one of the two dogs. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm assuming that the dogs died as well, but I, I didn't want to read about that. So I kind of skipped over that little section. I know. Um, it's really bad because it's like, you know, even in movies and stuff, I'm like, oh, the people die. Whatever. You fucking hurt an animal. I want to murder you. Yeah. It's terrible. Um, anyway, so they took the dogs with them to bed. Uh, and then Green said she'd fallen asleep around 11.30, and then at, but at some point before she fell asleep, she recalled that she had actually called and spoken to Michael Farrar. It, she, that's all she says, though. She's like, oh, yeah, I called him. Like, she yeah. doesn't remember when. Of course, convenient. Um, <laughs> Green was then awoken sometime after midnight by the sound of the home's built-in fire alarm system. This is some bullshit. She initially assumed that the sound was a false alarm because her dogs, her, caused by her dogs triggering the burglar alarm. But when she tried to shut off the alarm in the in the control panel in her bedroom, the con- the sounds continued. So she opened her bedroom door and found smoke in the hallway. She exited the house using a deck that connected her first floor bedroom. While standing on the deck, she heard her son Tim on the home's intercom system calling to ask her what he should do. All she says is, "He used to be my 13-year-old." Green explained to the police, and that she had told him to stay in the house and wait for firefighters to rescue him. She had then knocked on a neighbor's door to ask them to call or ask them to call 911. Then when she returned to the house, she found Kate, who had actually climbed through a second, her second floor bedroom window onto the roof of the home's garage. And Green uh, told Kate to jump and Kate landed safely on the ground in front of Green. So her son is asking her what to do and she just tells him to stay inside. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so, uh, so it makes no sense. No pants whatsoever. No pants whatsoever. So, okay. Uh-huh. So you see that it, there's smoke and you know your children are there. Mm-hmm. So, like, smoke's in the hall. So. Yeah. No attempt to get them out whatsoever. No. She goes outside on the deck. She. Mm-hmm. That's some, like, serious, like, narcissistic. Oh, yeah. Crap. She's fucked up. Yeah. She just goes outside. She saves herself and then hopes that her children get out. Because, you know, they're, like, 13... I think she took the term whatever. women and children first a little too little close bit. to heart. Yeah. <laughs> so she tells Tim to stay inside. I don't know why she told police that she told him that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, detectives noted that during her interview, she did not appear to be or have been crying, and her manner was talkative and even cheerful. 
She reported, or she repeatedly referred to, to Tim and Kelly in the past tense and referred to all of her children by their ages rather than just their names. Weird. Uh, her accounts of the times of, of previous evening varied, and then she seemed uncertain as to what time she'd actually done things before she went to bed. So her story changes constantly of actually what time things happened. Convenient. Uh, yeah. At 5.30 a.m., a detective arrived um, from the fire scene to advise those at the police station that Tim and Kelly had been found dead in the home. So she's already talking about her kids in past tense, and then they actually come in hours later and confirm that her kids were dead. So it's like, she knew, obviously. Uh, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm a little torn about that. Like, if they didn't get it, and they, like... What, what is going on? Okay. It's just being what? weird for oh. a second. It, like, keeps pausing. <coughs> Sorry. Crap. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a little torn about that. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably assume that, you know, my family member died too if they didn't get out when I got out. Yeah. Like, if firefighters couldn't go into the house and save them, I'm just gonna assume they died. Yeah. So people are like, oh, that's super sketchy. She's, you know, talking about her kids in past tense. Well, I mean, if the whole fucking house was on fire and they, they didn't get them out before they left. That's pretty, yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, so... Green initially reacted with sadness that quickly changed to anger. She shouted at detectives, claiming that the firefighters had not done enough to save the children. Uh, Because, you know, she did. She did all she could, of course. Uh, Where she had previously had actually been very cooperative and friendly with detectives interviewing her. So now that she began to, like, attack them verbally, she demanded to be able to see Farrar in the remains of the family's house. Though she stressed to the police that she wanted to be the one to tell... To, quote, tell my husband our babies are dead, her request was not granted. So crazy bitch wants to fucking tell the husband that the kids are dead. They didn't let her do that. Um, yeah. So she was actually released from the police station in the early morning of October 24th after questioning. With the family home burned down, she had nowhere else to go. Uh, Farrar refused for her to stay in his apartment, as he should. Mm -hmm. But he actually just gave her some cash, so she rented a room in a local hotel. Um, her divorce lawyer actually found her there later in the day in a distraught state. She repeatedly asked, um, this lawyer whether or not her children had died, chanted rhythmically about their deaths, and seemed unable to care for herself. So the lawyer, um, suggested that she, or called the cops and then suggested that she be taken to a local hospital for treatment. So now the bitch is crazy. Yeah. Um, how convenient. Uh, so then, uh, while this is all going on, the police have interviewed, uh, Michael Farrar and they informed him immediately that the bodies of Tim and Kelly were found. He told police about the, ter- de- about the deterioration of his marriage and also his health over the past six months. In August, um, so it turned out that in August 1995, he had fallen ill with nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. He initially assumed that it was a residual effect of the traveler's diarrhea from a trip to Peru, to Peru that a lot of other people on the trip actually got. So uh. he was just like, oh, I'm just sick from that. Um, but then even though he discovered he recovered from those symptoms, he actually relapsed about a week later and then was hospitalized with, with severe dehydration, high fever, and then um, it eventually developed into sepsis, which is not fun. Um, though Farrar's illness was severe and possibly life-threatening, he eventually recovered and was released from the hospital but then, um, on August 25th, so, and, but then that night, shortly after eating a dinner at, that Green had served him, mm. he again suffered vomiting, diarrhea, um, and had to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. Literally home from the hospital, has another attack, and has to go back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. A third bout of symptoms struck on September 4th, though just a month later, um, days after he was released from the hospital for the second time, and his new girlfriend, Margaret Hacker, um, actually brought up the idea that Green had, had been poisoning him. He thought that the idea was so outrageous that he just ignored her. Yeah. Don't ignore the don't, girlfriend. Don't <laughs> don't ignore the girlfriend. Don't mansplain away her. Right? <laughs> um, so even though Green was caring for Farrar in the family home while he recovered from his oh, repeated no. bouts of illness, she was also continuing to drink heavily and often um, while it increased and then claiming to be contemplating of suicide or to want to kill Margaret Hacker. So she wants to either kill herself or kill her his new girlfriend. So that's cool. Um, in late September, he decided to search the house and her belongings because he became very suspicious. Yeah. And in her purse, he actually discovered seed packets labeled as castor beans, a copy of supposedly of a supposedly anonymous anonymous I can't say that word supposedly anonymous letter that he had received urging him to not divorce Green. And then he also found empty vials of potassium chloride. 
He removed all three of these items from her purse and hid them away. Like, to his use, actually. Not, like, to try to cover up. Um, So the next day, he actually asked her what she had intended to do with the seeds. And though she initially claimed that she was going to plant them, which he was like, you're not an avid gardener. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Then once once he pressed her about it, she said she actually intended to use them to commit suicide. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So while in hospital for treatment, she was diagnosed with major bipolar depression with suicidal impulses uh, and then placed on Prozac Transine, T-R-A-N-X-E-N-E, Transine, and Klonopin, all of these things. Uh, She returned home after four days in the hospital, and Farrar, who had researched castor beans (laughs) in the interim, uh, came to the conclusion that Green had actually been poisoning his food and uh, with the ricin that could be derived from the beans, moved out, and he moved out immediately upon Green's return home. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But stupid that you didn't listen to your but girlfriend in the first place. You should have listened. Um, fool. Yeah. He's, um, so his account of the, like, during his interview, he said that the day of the fire, about a month after for, um, his last release from the hospital, he had taken the day off from work. He had actually spent the afternoon with Margaret, picked up Tim and Kelly for Tim's hockey game, Dropped them back off with their mom about 8.45, had dinner with Hacker, and then left her house around 11.15. So he had a full day of events going on. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the evening, uh, he a series of phone calls between Green and Farrar escalated into confrontation. So when she says, oh yeah, and sometime before I went to bed, I called him, or we talked on the phone. So apparently there were multiple phone calls between them, hmm. and it was about a fight. He was convinced that Green was continuing to drink heavily while she should have been caring for the kids. Duh. Mm -hmm. And he told her that he knew that she had poisoned him and that social services might be called to protect the children if she failed to get her life in order. So he threatened her with child services. That's just not great to do to a crazy person. Wait, was this before the fire? No, this is like the day, like throughout the evening on October 23rd, which is when the fire was. Right? Yeah. Yeah, on the same day as the fire. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so this is his account of the day of the fire. Um... So he was like, yeah, we talked, and I basically threatened her that I know you've been poisoning me, and I know you've been drinking around the kids, so I'm calling social services. Um, Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) So after the last call between Green and Farrar, he watched the television alone in his apartment until about 1230 when then the neighbor's phone call alerted him to the fire. During his police interview, though, um, Farrar's, uh, they said that Farrar had red eyes and a trembling voice that were more apparent than what Green had. So, of course, she's, like, you know, calm, cool, and collective, and he's mm-hmm. actually a fucking mess. Um, so, about the fire, like, a little investigation into the fire. They suspected that um, because of the use of accelerant, the fire have, may have flashed over the point of ignition and singed or burned the setter. So, they're trying to look for someone who actually had accelerant on them or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they tested the clothing worn by both Farrar and Green and took samples of their hair Neither Green nor Farrar's clothing showed evidence of being in contact with an accelerant, and Hare's Farrar showed no signs of singeing, but Green's hair had actually been cut twice between the time of the fire and the time of the police taking the hair samples, mm. and the um, and her hair actually showed significant singeing. Hmm. <laughs> of course. Green had denied ever having uh, been in close proximity to the flames, of course. You know, she said she opened up her door and she saw smoke in the hallway. Mm -hmm. So why would her hair be singed? Because she's a liar. I know. Um, (laughs) And then the neighbors of the family that they, um, when, like, Green went to their door and asked them to call 911, they reported that her hair had been wet. So, once again, what the fuck? She didn't mention taking a shower or anything like that, Mm -hmm. washing her hair. Um, though their suspicions pointed clearly to Deborah Green, they continued to receive tips um, attributing the fire to any number of people, and the investigation continued with no public statement about suspects. So they couldn't actually pin it on her, unfortunately. Um, with no, like, big evidence, at least. Yeah. However, after months and months and months, Green was finally charged with two counts of first-degree murder, two counts of attempted first-degree murder, and one count of aggravated arson. She was formally sentenced on May 30th, 1996 uh, to two concurrent 40-year prison sentences, minus the, 100, um, minus the 191 days she'd already served. So, all right, great, whatever. Uh, she's now serving her sentence in the Topeka Correctional Facility, and as of, um, this is like an older article, but mm-hmm. as of 20, August of 2012, the Kansas Department of Corrections records show her earliest possible release date is uh, November 21st, 2035, and she will be 84. Suck it, bitch. You're not getting out. 
No. But yeah, so a little fucked up. She just, you know, is a crazy person. So, but it's really, it's really weird though because like she was regarded as like she like being really, really, really smart. Like apparently she taught herself how to read and write before like age three. Mm. Like she went through all of these schools and like had these really great degrees and everything. Yeah, like, she was actually a really smart person, and then just went fucking downhill. Lost from there. Lost it. her shit. Lost her shit. Poisoned wow. her fucking husband. And killed her kids in a fire. Yeah. So, that's fun. That's Deborah so, Green. So, was the one that survived, was that, like, her favorite or something? I don't know. I know. I think she was surprised that she jumped out of her fucking second bedroom window. Oh. She was on the second floor. Like, all the kids enough. were upstairs, I think. And she was on the bottom. And mm. so, I think she was like, oh, shit. Oh. I think they were all supposed to die in there. Oh. Except for her, which is why I think she just left. And was like, well, I'm getting out of here. Oh, well. And then I'll told her son later. to fucking stay inside. Yeah. Because that makes sense. Uh, what a, yeah. what a monster. I know. What a dick. Mm. So, yeah, that's Deborah Green for you. Well. Classy lady. Classy yep, lady. Soup's classy. Soup's class. Soup's class. Um, so, mine is, uh... <laughs> Mine uh, does not involve murder, uh, but it's uh, kind of hilarious. It's the uh-huh. um, <laughs> the robbery that was at Jimmy John's. Ah, yes! Oh, my God. I love <laughs> this dude. <laughs> this dude is hilarious. Oh, gosh. Um, so probably like Oh, we got to upload comments. the video. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're going to put For the video sure on the these. website and the blog. Oh, my God, yes. Um, but <laughs> call it the calm Jimmy John robbery. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> on Wednesday, April 26, 2017, uh, Tucker Mori uh, was just having a normal shift handling a normal transaction or so he thought with a customer um, who then, uh, who uh, the customer was asking him about like something about yeah the cheeses or whatever that they had. Um, and then he then just kind of like... Uh, Pulls out of gas. So this is nine fifteen, but they close at like eleven o'clock. So it was like almost that entire shift, almost. Yeah, almost got out of there. Almost got out of there. Um, and it's at 39th and uh, Broadway too. So yeah, um, but he pulls out a gun and demands that uh, Tucker takes out the money for the cash register and gives it to him. Um, so you can watch on the video. He's just kind of like, "Give me the money," and then he does it. He's like, "No, everything." Because there's, like, when you watch it, he's, uh, Tucker gave him all the money. There's, like, a $1 bill. He's, like, no, give me all of it. So he took out, like, the thing, the actual till drawer. And it's just, like, here. And so he just grabbed that dollar bill and, like, took off. Okay. Um, then that, uh, gentleman was Terry K. Rayford. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, first, Tucker. Um, so in... <laughs> and, I was thinking about the video. The video is uh-huh. so funny. And later, and if, so if you haven't seen the video, we'll just describe it for a second. But we're also going to put it on. Oh my god! The best video website. of a robbery ever. So you've got probably the so you've got uh, Terry pulling out his gun and he's like waving it around. And I think uh, Tucker said his manager is like behind him or something. Um, so the guy's like waving the gun around, and then he doesn't like freak out or anything. He Mm-mm. just looks at him, just like. Like, ugh, really? Seriously? But he starts to take like off his this gloves. Again, and yeah, he he just, takes off his rubber gloves and just, like, throws them down. He, like, like, very slowly took his glove off and, like, threw it down and opened it and gave him the money. And he's like, all right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's, you have to see it because it's hilarious and you'll probably watch it at least 20 times. Um, but he said that he just didn't want to give him the money. Um, yeah, but he's like, who would want to give it? He's, he's like... Not a good robber. Yeah. Um, but thanks to good old uh, management um, undermining, they said, yeah, we'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tucker, yeah, then throws off his gloves and opens it and then gives him the thing, but he never, like, freaks out. He just stares, like, Terry just in the eye, mm-hmm. like, in the face, like, for real, as a gun is, like, like in, in his, his face. face. In his Literally fucking waving face. around and then pointed towards his face. You're just like he was the most calm guy. You're just like no, I don't know if he was calm, high, just, but he was just like fucking done. Off. He was so done with off. that day. Yeah, he was like, oh just, god, really? 
Um, it's so yeah. funny. But then Tucker said uh, that afterwards, after learning that uh, Terry had actually committed several other robberies, um, he was surprised to learn that because it seemed like uh, it was amateur hour yeah. to him. It's like, how many robberies? How many, robberies how many times has Jimmy John's been robbed? Or how many jobs well, no, has he that been Jimmy at? Jimmy probably quite yeah, a bit. True. But what's wrong with I wonder if Tucker. It's, Poor Tucker. Uh, I wonder if it's been robbed and someone used the bus stop as a getaway. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sure. If it hasn't probably. happened, uh, I hope it doesn't. Well, but it you just gave will. them the idea. Sorry. Congratulations. Sorry about it. Um, but then uh, Terry, luckily, he was caught and brought into custody the following Friday. So, what was that? Two days. Uh, so then Jimmy Johns tweeted, "Wow, freaking fast capture! Casey Police are rock stars." <laughs> <laughs> With a Ben Wyatt mic drop gift, which is even more hilarious. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't know about that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, in that uh, surveillance video, uh, actually went uh, international. Yes. Because he was interviewed by BBC, even. So, it was hilarious. Um, but, okay, so this dude, though, Terry... Uh, Terry K. Rayford. Rayford? Rayford. 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 Um, so, he's 54, and he... Uh, was reported on April 28th, so on that Friday, that he faces one count of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Idiot. Um, but he was arrested in Independence, uh, actually on Thursday, the following, then, so the next day, um, at a traffic stop after um, a retired police official said he saw Terry, because um, he saw a video surveillance and then um, said, noticed that he was... Uh, out in independence because he's an idiot. Um, so he was charged in the U.S. District Court in Kansas City and they accused him of possessing a, a witness P45.45 caliber semi-automatic handgun. I just feel like that shouldn't... Semi-automatic anything should not be... Semi or not, uh, full automatic should not be on shelves for people to uh, obtain. Really? Um, they shouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, in a Jimenez uh, 9mm semi-automatic handgun. So he had those in his car when he was when the traffic stop happened, uh, which led to his arrest. But he had multiple felony convictions for first degree armed robbery. So he does not learn. But then again, our legal system doesn't really uh, focus on... Um, rehabilitation but no. you know it's whatever they just put him in jail and make money uh he was on parole though so police arrested him and seized his handgun because you can't have guns when you're on parole you fools and you definitely shouldn't commit any more crimes um yeah so independence police stopped his vehicle and ordered him to get out of the car when they found all of the handguns in the driver's side floorboard idiot so he just dropped it like below his feet <laughs> This is a really good way to hide a gun. And then they arrested him it. and had his have vehicle. It wasn't in my hands. One of my hands. One of my hands, guys. Hey, guys, I put it down. What are you, what are you talking about? Um, and then he had another hand. The other handgun was in the back pouch of the front passenger seat. So he, he tried to hide that one. Still didn't work. Not well. No, not not very well. Oh, um, but oh he... no, honey, what is you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but according to the prosecutors, uh, Rayford had uh, apparently told the investigators that he stole both of the guns from his crack cocaine supplier to whom he owed money. Bro. He's not a smart dude. Bro. <laughs> dude is not God smart whatsoever. God get dumber and dumber as the fucking like... story goes on. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, but his honey. car was towed, of course. Um but yeah, so just watching the video, it's just like he, because like when you watch it, it's just like he, like he's, he has it in because he has his hands in his pockets the whole time and he's just mm-hmm. swaying back and forth. Yeah, and then he's like asking about something. You can tell he's looking at the menu and then like pulls it out. So it yeah, wasn't like, like it's a like forceful, the little fucker just, like just tries to get him to turn around and then he pulls out the gun. Yeah, and then he and then because Tucker's just like fuck you, dude. Like I'm like, not fucking dealing with this right man, now. Man, I almost. <laughs> Like, seriously, I have, like, two hours left here. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, you couldn't have done this, like, when I got here. Right? Uh, 
BX had said that he said it quietly, like twice, and then Tucker wasn't doing anything, so then he got a little bit more uh, loud and used profanity <laughs> to give him the money. Watch oh. your profanity. Use profanity. Watch your profanity. Watch it. Um, yeah, so that was just hilarious. <laughs> One of the best fucking things best ever. Things I ever. mean, it's really not because, you know, he fucking no, got robbed it, and he yeah, had a gun to his face. Could have ended very, very badly. Yeah. But how he handled it is fucking priceless. Yeah. Oh, like it's so amazing. The way I want to handle some customers that come Right? Just, yeah. just, just like, uh, do we have to sign in? Yeah. Uh, what's the name on the reservation? Yeah, we had a reservation for 1030. Mm. Okay, what's the name? Okay, what is the name? What What is your name? Okay, that's great. But what is your name? We yeah, have it's, multiple. It's 1030. Okay, but we have four rooms. You don't yeah. get all four. No. Not how this one is your on. name. Uh, Tell me your name. First and last. And put first and last name on your booking online. You don't know how many Jerry's we're going to have in that same time that you come in, you fool. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the hilarious. Uh, Jimmy John's robbery. Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's robbery. Oh, so amazing. <laughs> it, oh, it makes me smile just thinking about it. That's why it's you so did terrible, it. but it's so funny. I know, that's why I did it. Oh, we Dang. had a good one this time. <laughs> all were so depressing. Yeah. Oh, uh, goodness. Do you want to do your tip? Yeah, I'll okay. do just my tip. Uh... All right, so this happened, what, a couple weeks ago, maybe? Uh, Probably. I think a couple I'm, weeks ago. I'm sure it's happened. It's, it happened multiple times, but mm-hmm. the latest one was a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I'm very surprised. Um, so don't come in and ask us a question of... Oh, wait, sorry. Escape room tip number 91. Okay. Have I done that one? I Fuck. don't think so. I don't know. Um, I'll do number 98. Switching it. Switching it up. Number okay. 98. <laughs> I should have just gone at 100 and went backwards and then started at 101 again. What was wrong with me? I don't know. Um, yeah. Tip number 98. Uh, don't come in and ask us a question about, like, other escape rooms. Like, mm-hmm. or no, not ask us other escape rooms. Ask us about our escape room. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden proceed to mansplain to us how other escape rooms work. Because guess what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's not our escape room, so I don't give a shit if they, you know, oh, well, they did it this way. Ah, cool, for them, that's great, that's not how we do it here. Mm-mm. Oh, they didn't give us hints. Well, cool, well, we give you hints, so there you go. Oh, they only had two rooms. I, we have four. I don't, I don't fucking care. I really, oh my god, I'm fucking over people. Um, but then, <laughs> yeah, but then, you know, of course, like, mansplations um, about anything to us whatsoever is not okay. Like, how to use a camera obviously you can see that i mean obviously i look like i'm still in high school so duh i know how to work a camera phone even though i'm 25 i'm still oh that's my favorite when like the 60 year olds like oh just push that camera button right there oh just bitch really uh i'm pretty sure that we fucking made these phones you old ass motherfucker like get the fuck out or just even we know how to fucking work a goddamn phone or had a just a regular uh, camera. Yeah. Like, oh, this hold, button oh, here. Push and hold down the button. Really? Yeah. You know, the, uh, really? We have photography classes in our schools. I, I know how to I do hate, it. guess what? The um, shutter button is usually the biggest fucking button on the goddamn camera anyway. Yeah. What do you think I'm going to push? Wait. What? You, I, it, the, I, literally, I don't I, understand it. Like, hey, we grew up with the, the, the cameras you had to be developed and do the... Polaroid? Pol- no. Well, yeah, not the Polaroids. Polaroids. Polaroids, but also just the in the disposable cameras. That's what I meant. That oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think uh-huh. of the word for a second. Uh-huh. Disposable cameras where you yeah. click and then you have to... D- d- Advance d- d- the d- film? Yeah. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da-da. I was trying to do the same. I know. Click, 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 I know how to work. We know how to work. You see you see how young my face is. Duh, I know how to do it. I don't understand why people feel the need to explain our job to us. Mm-mm. You've gone to another escape room. That's congratulations. I that's great. I understand. That's cool for it's you. Fantastic. You should know how to maybe get out. Yeah. But I don't care how the other one did it mm-hmm. because it's, we're not going to. Has nothing that. to do with us. No. We're not going to change our ways to be like the other no. places that you've no. gone to. Yeah. Like one that's like, 
Oh, well, usually when you book the room, you get a discount. No, because your room goes up to 12 people and you book 12 people, so that's the that's the price. It's a regular price. It's not a group it's not a group rate. It makes no sense. No, no pants. No pants whatsoever. Buck ass naked. No fucking pants whatsoever. <laughs> no fucking pants. Oh, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> people. Just be don't be dicks. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my other escape room tip from a previous episode. Just don't be a dick. I don't understand why people are still being dicks around here. Mm-hmm. Dicks and cunts everywhere. <laughs> fucking shit. <laughs> so mad. Okay. Okay. That's Valid. it. Yep. Escape room tip number 98. Don't mansplain shit to us. Thanks. Because I will shut you down. Because I will. In the nicest way possible. Because I still have to yourself. smile at you and act like you're totally okay. Mm-hmm. I do give blank stares quite a bit, though. Mm-hmm. Just like, huh. Mm-hmm. Funny. Funny thing laughs. Yeah. Clown. I start doing my uh, uh, super extra laugh so that they'll never say anything again. Just like, ah, <laughs> Uh, okay Casey fact yeah um mine is uh the movie Mad Money have you heard of it it's with Diane Keaton and Katie Holmes and Queen Latifah uh it's based on Mm -mm. three women that uh work at the Casey Federal book so originally it was like a movie over in the UK called a different thing so they used it and inspired it um, and focused in on the KC Federal Reserve, which is mm-hmm. just right over New York. Literally across the street. Yeah. Right by, yeah. Liber- behind Liber Memorial. Um, but so it was based there. It's not based on a true story, which I try to look it up. Mm-hmm. And just like, oh, is that something that happened here? No, it's not. It's just, that's the Federal Reserve, because that's where our money goes yeah. from all the places. That's where our money is. Um <laughs> Best explanation they... <laughs> of a Federal Reserve I've ever heard. You... That's where all our money goes <laughs> from where, all the things. That's where our money is. That's, that's where, where it is. is. That's where it is. That's where all old money is. <laughs> Literally old money. Um, so yeah, so it's like, if you haven't seen the movie, they basically devise a plan that um, Dan Keaton's uh, character is like super upper class, like basically would be like Johnson County if it was actually filmed based here. Um, like Southern Johnson County or... Like Ward Parkway, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then she has to be a janitor mm-hmm. at the Federal Reserve, and then they okay. devise a plan to steal the old money that's never going to be used mm-hmm. and smuggle it out. I mean, of course they get caught, um, but I didn't for some reason because I was watching it because it was on TV, and then I noticed at the very end it goes pants like Casey Police Department where they get, were arrested. Uh-huh. And I was like, Oh, hey mom, did you know that this was made from the thing? She's like, yeah. I like, oh, okay, bye. I'm going to go back upstairs. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't filmed in Kansas City, of course. Yeah. Because the if, you, if you've seen the movie, then you see like the parking lot and stuff that they show in the movie does not match up with the parking lot. Like it showed it like an open like lot. Oh, area, no, no, And that's no. not the Federal Reserve. Like they have uh-huh. a garage and then they it's have underground parking. parking. Yeah. Underground parking yeah. and the street parking and parking down the hill at mm-hmm. Liberty Memorial. But yeah, but it was cool to know that it was That's pretty awesome. centered in Kansas City, just not filmed in Kansas City. But hopefully, more things will be filmed in Kansas City because of the KC film re- rebate. So yeah, <laughs> like come you, here and I like how do, you bring that up. You brought that up last time too, didn't I you? I will bring it up all the time all until right. we get more things filmed here and then I'm in all of the. Oh my god. All of the things. All of the things. All of the time. So I don't have to move to the, a coast because it's cheaper here. <laughs> it's so much cheaper here. Come film here and you'll get money back. Okay, anywho. Anywho. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, things, things, things are themed here, just not shot here. What happened with that one show, too? What's that one show? Switch at Birth? That's supposed to oh, be in Kansas yeah, City. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's supposed to be my high school. Yeah. But it's not. No. Whatsoever. I was not aware of that, and I thought it was just, mm-hmm. like, another California yeah. base or something. They show, like, every once in a while, they'll show snippets of Kansas City around here. Uh, I need to watch it again. And it's not accurate. Otherwise, it's not accurate. Yeah. So they're supposed to live in, like, Mission Hills, of course. Yeah. It's like, no. If you yeah. live in, like, a Mission Hills area, you're not going to my high school. <laughs> You know, some people don't. This is what happens when you don't do your research. You should just film in the place that you're talking about. Exactly. 
just saying. But we have really good barbecues. We have really good foods. Mm-hmm. We have wines. We have beers. Wines. We have sodas. <laughs> we have sarsaparillas. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> we got sarsaparilla and we got apple cider. What's that? What's that thing? Pass me a sarsaparilla. Pass me. Oh, hold on. Let's read it again. Pour me a sarsaparilla. There it is. Pour me a sarsaparilla. Yeah. So is it? Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't do too bad this time. No. I was trying to read my story a little bit faster. You didn't have so to. So it wasn't, so it wasn't like, it was three be, pages. You could have taken your time. Three pages of notes <laughs> that all of the words were not read out because there was just a lot of things on there. No. I like condensed down some of the sentences. There's a lot of, you know, explanation words. No. What? I don't, I don't know. I've had a stroke. My brain's done. What am I trying to say? I I don't know. I literally do not know. So, like describing words. What are those called? Adjectives. Kinda. <laughs> I feel like there's another Details? word. Details. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Casey, fuck. <laughs> what it says on my cup. <laughs> anyway. Oh. So my brain's done. That's okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just take a I mean, nap now. Okay, <laughs> okay uh-huh. bye. And, <laughs> and that's Casey. <laughs> okay, bye now. Okay, bye. Okay, okay, okay bye bye now. Okay, bye bye. Okay, bye. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. Bye. Hi guys, don't forget you can listen to That's KC on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. If we are not on your favorite podcast directory, let us know. You can chat with us on the Twitter or Instagram at That's KC Pod and Facebook at That's KC. If you'd like to help keep the local liquor, food, and this podcast flowing, you can support us on Patreon. If you have suggestions for local Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas food and drink, or you know, would like to send us something, wink wink, please send us an email to That's KC Pod at gmail.com. P.S. If you have your own local story you would like to share or have a suggestion for us to research, we'd love to hear from you via email. Oh, intro music is provided by Brian Lawson. Okay, bye!